Hi, I'm Carly Agar, and after 10 years of building my own career in the field, I'm now an award-winning career coach for current and aspiring customer success pros. And this is the first customer success podcast that gives you easy-to-apply strategies and tips to help you score your dream job, secure your next big promotion, or become the top performer on your team. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of career growth hacks to not only explore what's possible for you in your career, but help you decide where you want to go. And of course, give you all the steps to get there. Welcome to the Customer Success Career Coach Podcast. You are listening to the Customer Success Career Coach. If you have ever struggled with optimizing your resume so that you get interviews, or if you're about to embark on updating your resume, stay tuned because today's episode is all about how to perfect your customer success manager resume. Welcome back to another episode of the Customer Success Career Coach. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for being here. You picked a great episode to start with. And if you are not new to the show, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning back in. So the reason I wanted to talk about resumes today is there is a lot of hoopla around using AI for resumes and cover letters on LinkedIn. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but 99.9% of you are not ready to leverage AI for your resume because 99.9% of you do not have the basics of your resume down. AI tools are like data analysis tools. You put crap in, you get crap out. So let's pause on the AI thing for a minute and let's make sure we've got the basics of resume writing covered first, which is what I'm going to help you with today. Something you should know about me. I look at at least 400 resumes every single month because everyone who applies to work with us submits a resume, and I am the person who is sorting through all of them. Plus, I'm also looking at probably 30 to 40 resumes from clients every single month. So it is a lot of resumes. Most of you are making really critical mistakes. So if you're wondering why you're not getting interviews, I'm pretty certain your resume has something to do with it. And this applies to everyone going after jobs in the customer success realm. So I'm talking about my CSMs who have one year of experience, my CSMs with eight, nine, 10, 12 years of experience those CSMs who have made their resumes on their own, those who have hired multiple resume writers, this applies to everyone. So here's how this is going to work. If you can tell, I'm a little fired up. I love talking about this stuff and it gets me so excited because while a lot of you are making really critical mistakes, they are easy to fix. So if you pay attention to what I'm about to share, you can fix your resume quite easily and quite quickly. I'm going to go through the eight 
things your resume must have. I'll explain why each one is important, and I'm going to give you examples for each so you can basically listen to this episode, pause it, and write your resume along with me. I will give a fair warning here that this episode is going to be mostly helpful to people with direct customer success experience and not as helpful for career transitioners. And I'll always try to call that out in my episodes just so that you know what you're getting into. Before I get into the eight things your resume must have, The way that I like to think about resumes and the way that I encourage you to think about your resume is it is a tool that answers questions about you as a job candidate for whomever is reading it. So if a recruiter is reading your resume, the purpose of your resume is essentially to answer as many questions that they have about you as possible. We don't want to leave questions unanswered because that gives opportunity to other candidates who have answered all their questions to get picked over us. So we're trying to answer as many questions as possible. And we also want to answer the right questions because if we don't give the right information, then what's going to happen is recruiters, hiring managers, whomever is looking at your resume is going to make their own assumptions because you've given them no other choice. And we don't want to leave any room for interpretation. We don't want people making assumptions about our experience. We want to spell it out for them. So I am going to give you the eight things your resume must have, and I'm going to break it down by the questions your resume must answer about your experience. Question number one, you need to let recruiters and hiring managers know what did your book of business look like? Meaning, what was the ARR or the annual revenue of your book of business? What types of accounts did you work with? Were they SMBs? Were they mid-market? Were they enterprise, etc.? And what parts of the customer journey lifecycle did you own? So the reason this is important is, let's say I'm a recruiter and I am hiring for an enterprise role. I might just be scanning your resume looking for the word enterprise. If I have hundreds of thousands of applicants, I might just see, oh, this person is a customer success manager. I just want to know that they have managed enterprise accounts and I'll kind of like filter them on. I'll move them on to the next step. Well, if you just have, I managed 40 accounts you're missing the word enterprise. So that is really, really important to call out the types of accounts. Other reason this is important. Let's say my job description wasn't written very clearly and I did not indicate that this was a high volume CSM role. In other words, a very large book of low paying clients. Well, if I'm looking at two candidates' resumes and one 
gives me the number of accounts they've managed and it says 100 plus and the other resume I'm looking at doesn't have a number of accounts, I'm going to assume that the one who has 100 plus accounts is a better fit just because I don't know if that other candidate has managed a high volume book of business before. These are just two tiny little examples. And of course, it's going to look different for every recruiter and for every role that they're hiring for. But this just goes to show if you're not being as descriptive as possible with your customer success experience that you've had, you could be leaving room for interpretation and that's not always going to work in your favor. So an example of how you can write this on your resume very simple. Managed 80 plus mid-market customers from onboarding through renewal representing 2.5 million in ARR. That's it. That could be the first bullet for your resume. Question number two. What were your KPIs and attainment towards goals? This could be net retention revenue. NRR. This could be retention rate, renewal rate, gross retention. This could be NPS, CSAT, expansion, product adoption, the number of QBRs you held. It all depends on what were your goals and what was your attainment towards those goals. I cannot talk about this enough. Numbers are critical. Numbers are the only way to give credibility to the claims that you make on your resume. So when you say something like, had exceptional performance and built really thoughtful strategic relationships, that means absolutely nothing if you can't prove that through your goal attainment. Where I see people screw this up the most Number one, they just don't include numbers or they include numbers, but they don't benchmark those numbers. Benchmarking your numbers is so important because if you just put something like achieved 95% net retention, well, if I'm a hiring manager in customer success and my team's average net retention is 110%, I might look at your 95 and say, oh, that's pretty bad. But what I'm not getting is the full picture. Maybe your goal was 85. You got 95, meaning you far exceeded your goal. And that automatically tells me that is good because you've given me something to compare it to. Another reason why numbers and attainment towards your goals is so, so, so important is if you think about a recruiter's job, it's so hard. They have to sift through so many exceptional candidates and they have to decide based on very little information who they're going to move on to the next step. So imagine a recruiter is looking at your resume and another candidate's resume, and let's pretend that you have the exact same work experience, the same years, the same titles, the same types of companies, everything is the same, except that other candidate has more numbers, that candidate is getting picked over you. 
because they have proof of any of the claims that they're making. Numbers are so critical. My favorite way to include numbers on a resume, if you've held a traditional CSM role before where you have metrics like net retention or expansion or product adoption, is just to have a simple bullet point on your resume. Usually it's the second bullet point under where you've described your book of business. And you just have things like fiscal year 2023, NRR, 105% to goal. Expansion, 100% to goal. Product adoption grew from 75% of accounts to 90% of accounts. So you just kind of list them out all in one line. Include as many as you possibly can. That's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is by attaching a result at the beginning or end of every bullet point under that role. So you can spread them out or you can kind of put them all together in one spot. Hopefully you are enjoying today's episode. Don't mind me while I jump in here with a quick interruption. One of the questions I get most often is, Carly, if I'm looking for a new job in customer success, how the heck am I supposed to compete with the hundreds of other applicants going after the same roles as me? So if you've ever asked this question, if you've ever wondered the same thing before, I teach you exactly how to break through the noise in today's crowded job market so that you get more interviews in my free training. You could have a fully optimized resume and step-by-step plan for securing more interviews in less than two hours. Head on over to carlyagar.com forward slash freebies to grab the free training right now. I'll also make sure the free training is linked in today's show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Question number three, and this is one that I see people just miss all the time. Did you improve or create anything customer facing? Now, this is important because it shows that beyond just doing what was asked of you, beyond just doing your job, It shows that you are a contributor. It shows that you care about the team. It shows that you care about customers. It shows that you can make an impact beyond just yourself. This is a really, really easy way to stand out. So if you're one of those folks out there who's thinking, how can I make myself stand out on my resume? So easy. Include something about how you've made an impact beyond just doing the regular duties of your role. Now, I was literally just writing a resume this morning with a client. So I actually have a really, really good example of this. So again, we're talking about improving or creating things that are customer facing. So this one says, authored an executive sponsor engagement playbook and rolled it out across a team of 15 CSMs, improving the presence of an exec sponsor relationship in 70% of paid accounts. So what this CSM did was she essentially got really, really good at nurturing executives within her book of business. And she decided, I'm going to 
create a document. It doesn't have to be something super fancy. A playbook is basically just a document. She created a document where she outlined, like, here are the three quote-unquote plays that I use to nurture relationships with executives in my book of business. And they were all based on different scenarios. So it was like, if you have an account where there is no exec sponsor, do these things. If you have an account where the exec sponsor doesn't really engage with you, do these things, and so on and so forth. Then what she did was she taught her team of CSMs, she has 15 CSMs on the team, how to do these things in an internal team meeting. And she tracked, she actually asked her manager, she was like, can I try to track the impact of this? Because this would be really cool to put on my resume one day. So smart, by the way. This company, I will say, has really good data. So this might not always be the case. But she was able to say that once the CSM team started adopting that playbook, they started using her plays for engaging executives. They saw that the number of accounts that had an engaged exec sponsor increased, which is incredible. So she's got the perfect example of doing something that is customer-facing, that is also internal, that led to a great result, and it was beyond just her book of business. Chances are, again, if I'm a recruiter and I'm looking at two candidates that have the exact same experience on paper, but one of them has this really cool thing that they did outside the scope of their job, I'm going to want to talk to that person. Question number four is very similar to question number three, but it is different. Question number four is, did you improve or create any internal processes or resources? Now, the playbook example that I just gave could technically answer three and four, but let's just talk about something that is strictly internal. The one that I hear of most often is hands down revamping some sort of onboarding process for colleagues. So an easy resume bullet that you can add to your resume is something like created and implemented a new CSM onboarding process that reduced the time to onboard by 30%. Boom. Done. Shows that you're a team player, that you will make an impact internally. You'll help the team scale. I'm picking you. If you've made some sort of internal impact, I'm picking you over someone who has not done that. Question number five. Ooh, I love this one. And I don't hear a lot of other people talk about this. Question number five is, what did your tech stack look like? And you should not only be answering this question for CSM roles that you've held, but other roles as well. So what I want to know is what CRM did you use? Did you use a CS platform? Did you use a data analytics tool? Did you use an email marketing tool? What software tools do you have experience using? Now, I love including this on resumes because I think it is just the sneakiest little way to make yourself seem like the best fit for a role. Today's job market is so competitive. You need to take advantage of every little opportunity to 
add points to the scoreboard in your favor. Again, pretend two identical candidates, right? Yourself and someone else. I'm a hiring manager. All I have to go off of is your resume, what you've put on this piece of paper. I see that you included details about your tech stack, and I notice that you've used Salesforce, you've used Gainsight, and you've used Tableau. And guess what? Our tech stack for our CSM team is Salesforce, Gainsight, and Tableau. Then I'm looking at another candidate, and they don't have any of their tech stack listed anywhere. I might make an assumption, hmm, you are the better candidate to pick because you might be just a little bit easier to onboard since you have experience using our tech stack. I also have a very recent example of how you can write this in your resume. So I'm going to give you that line right now. Proactively mitigated risk by analyzing customer health indicators in various tools, including Salesforce, Gainsight, and Tableau. Boom. There you go. Question number six. Which parts of the customer lifecycle journey did you own? I'm talking about onboardings, renewals, expansions, which parts did you own? The thing I love most about customer success is how different the role can really be depending on what company you're at, what stage that company is in, how that company's leadership thinks about customer success. But it's also the thing that makes customer success very difficult as a field to search for jobs in. Because what you've done as a CSM at your past company or what you're doing at your current company might be so different from what this new prospective employer wants. And all that means for you is you cannot assume anything. Do not assume, oh, because I have the title customer success, I'm assuming all recruiters know that means I do renewals. Or because I have a senior customer success manager title at a B2B SaaS company, I'm assuming that means all hiring managers know that I partner with sales on my expansion deals. They don't necessarily know that, so please do not assume it. Let me give you two examples of how you can display this, and we'll focus specifically on renewals and expansions because there is a lot of talk around CSMs who own commercials and CSMs who don't. So you're probably finding yourself in one of those two buckets. I'll give an example for each scenario. If you were in a CSM role where you led commercial conversations, you had a revenue target, you were tied to revenue, you were measured on things like renewals and expansions, and you did it yourself, you could write something like, led renewal and expansion negotiations with 
12 mid-market customers each quarter and achieved an average NRR of 102% versus the team average of 99%. That tells me as a recruiter or hiring manager that you did renewals, you did expansions, you did them on your own, so you were not partnered with sales on those things. Now, if you fall into the other bucket where you don't do these things on your own, your bullet point might read something like, partnered with sales on renewal and expansion deals, achieving an average NRR of 102% versus team average of 99%. The real difference is in the second one, we're saying partnered with sales, whereas in the first one, we're saying led. So it doesn't matter how you do it, but at least make it very clear what did you own and what were you partnering with someone on. Now, it's not just the renewals and expansions that you want to be very clear about. There's other parts of the customer lifecycle, right, such as onboarding, implementations. You want to very clearly indicate that on your resume. In this role, did you own onboardings or did you own the relationship post-onboarding? Were you partnering with a technical implementation team? Were you just simply project managing implementations but not leading them yourself? Or were you doing the implementation work and project managing? Because the role can look so different, you have to spell out exactly what you owned and what you did not. All right, question number seven. This one is so easy, but I see folks miss this all the time. And it is similar to question number six. There may be some overlap. Question number seven is which teams did you partner with? Did you have a technical account manager? Did you have a renewals manager? Did you have an onboarding manager? Did you have none of those things? Did you partner with product, with support? Did you partner with customer enablement? Did you partner with customer marketing? Which teams did you partner with and how? This one, you can just simply write partnered with list out the teams, cross-functional teams. Super easy. And question number eight. This is one that I actually added last minute. So I sat down to record this and it was going to be seven questions. But given the recent resumes that I've been working on, I've noticed that a lot of people are not answering this question number eight. So I decided to add it on. Question number eight is, what things did you do that might seem so silly? And you're probably like, Carly, I think you've lost your mind. But what things did you do? I get so fired up about this. Did you host business reviews? Did you lead kickoff calls? Did you use mutual customer success plans? Did you lead product training sessions? Did you create Loom videos to enable your clients to adopt the product and then send them out through email campaigns? What specific tactical things did you do in your role to reach your goals? 
For this one, I'm going to explain how I would change a resume bullet point basically from bad to good so that we're answering question number eight, which is what things did you do? So I had a resume come across my desk, I think it was last week, and the bullet point said, grew end user adoption for three key accounts by 67% year over year. Incredible. That's such a strong bullet point. I love that they're talking about growing product adoption because a lot of people don't talk about that. So I was immediately excited, but then I reread it and I was like, hmm, but it doesn't actually tell me how. I want to know a little bit of the how. What tactical things did you do to grow that end user adoption? Ultimately, by doing some discovery with my client, we changed the bullet point to grew end user adoption for three key accounts by 67% year over year by conducting one to many use case based training sessions, developing end user documentation, recording video modules, and publishing change management best practice guides. That is so much stronger. That gives me as a recruiter and a hiring manager so many things, so many opportunities to jump out of my chair and get excited about this person. Like, oh my gosh, I want to hear about these use case-based training sessions. You developed end-user documentation, a change management best practice guide. What? I need to talk to this person. That is so much more intriguing than just, I grew adoption by this much. So if you're not talking about the tactical things you did, even if you feel like they're boring and obvious, I promise you they're not, go add them to your resume bullets. I've just given you a ton of things to think about when writing your resume, optimizing your resume, I promise if you answer these eight questions, you will be in a much better position. You will be much more likely to get called for interviews than if you don't answer these questions. So even if it feels annoying and you're tired of looking at your resume and you're tired of optimizing it, you're tired of working on it, answer these eight questions. Do yourself a favor. You will thank me for it later. Again, the things that you want to answer for recruiters and hiring managers, you want to answer them explicitly. You do not want anyone making assumptions or drawing their own conclusions. R, what did your book of business look like? What were your KPIs and attainment towards those goals? What did you improve or create that was customer-facing? What did you improve or create that was internal? What did your tech stack look like? Which parts of the customer lifecycle journey did you own? Which teams did you partner with? And what tactical things did you do in your role? That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love today's episode or if you want to continue the conversation, come hang out with me on LinkedIn connect with me, follow me, or message me over there. I'm at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Carly dash agar. 
And if you haven't already, don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next time.